Podcaster, I hardly know her. <laughs> oh, hi. My name is Megan. I'm a busy mom of four young kids, a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award-winning author. This podcast is essentially the vessel I use to verbally process all types of topics and experiences. I love sharing stories, ideas, and considering new alternatives to things I have yet to learn and apply to my own life. All of this in effort to help create happier, healthier human connections through humor. Welcome to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Have you ever really like stopped to think about like where your best conversations happen? When I met this gal that I interviewed today, I actually really thought, oh man, you know what? That usually happens while I'm eating. It's usually around the dinner table or going out to eat, which we don't get to do a whole lot right now. Um, but I met this gal, stumbled upon a perfect stranger from California, um, and we'll explain where and when that happened. Um, and she has this really cool company called Talk of the Table. So listen in as we uh, explore how she turned this idea into a business model that is unfolding and has several layers to it and Christy is super inspiring she's in a wheelchair you're gonna find out a little bit more about that in this interview and I just hope that um, you have as much fun as I did in connecting with her and just learning about something cool and fun uh, that might just influence some upcoming meals you have in your household all right, I'm really excited to have my guest here today. Christy, it's really exciting to have you on here because this is totally a random connection. And I thought it would be fun to actually start this interview with how we met. Do you, I mean, I'm like, hopefully you remember because I was very impacted by how we first met. Do you remember what our first interaction was? I do. It was on Clubhouse and you had your improv group going and I had just finished up doing um, a uh, online uh, improv thing with uh, somebody from a Toastmasters group. And when I saw your, uh, your room, I went, oh, that'd be so fun because I've got the improv bug. And so, yeah, I jumped in as fast as I could and I immediately so raised my hand. I know you did. And I loved it. And I have honestly not used Clubhouse a ton yet. And my business partner, Jenny Q is on there way more than me. And she was like, let's just do this. We didn't even plan it or whatever. And she's like, Hey, improv queen, if you want to do it, like, let's put your money where your mouth is. And so I was like, all right, well, let's see how it all goes. And I loved it. You jumped in right away. You were very engaged. It was so exciting for me um, to have people that were being receptive of it and wanting to engage and then I really loved like uh, towards the end of it, you, I don't know, have any idea what else was going on that day for you. But at the end, you had actually said something like this was just what you needed to kind of like shake up the day and whatever, just the work, worky workness. I don't, I don't even know what the details were, but it just was like so warm and fuzzy in my soul that I was like, well, dang it. That's when, you know, you got to sometimes just push through and do the things. And cause I was unsure about even getting on clubhouse and trying to do improv in that, in that way. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, see, it works everywhere. Yeah. It was, I don't even remember the day. I don't remember, you know, most of my days are those days I can really use a pick me up at some point. And sure. yeah, it was just perfect. It, yeah. it ended up. Yeah. 
I love it. And it was light and simple and honest and not to make this all about improv, even though I think improv is like the answer to a lot of life's problems, but it's just like, we all need that. And whether it's improv or comedy in general, we all need something to look forward to every day and have a little bit of a pick me up to kind of keep forging ahead when stuff is, can get mundane and, and exhausting with like the, the task lists of whatever. And um, anyway, I mean, there's a lot of different I things. had never had any exposure with it before. And I've always been that kid that always wanted to do that or wanted to be up on stage, but yeah. I was too terrified. Mm-hmm. And um, because of uh, what I'm doing, my business and everything has kind of forced me into that thing where I have to be in front of a camera. I have to be a voice. And I knew I needed to get over those fears. And yeah. so that's where I had taken, um, well, I got involved with Toastmasters and then I did the improv class. So now I'm like seeking out these kind of uh, opportunities. So yeah. yeah, right on. That was great. Yeah. We're totally going to dive in. I love your business and I'm super excited to unpack that here with you. I am curious though, once you kind of went down that path, like Toast- Toastmasters, someone recommended you do improv. What was it like for you to then go? into that experience of finding an improv trainer online and how did you like was it exciting or nerve-wracking or all of the above like what was everything it was everything right it was um because I I seem to have a knack of of having this kind of facade that I don't look nervous but I'm dying inside Mm -hmm. and uh so you know, from the beginning of doing Toastmasters, they're like, oh yeah, you're natural. You're, you know, you're, you're, and I'm, I'm thinking you have no idea. I can't feel my face. You know, <laughs> you're like, There's just no way around it. I don't know what it is. And um, I even signed up. Well, we went and, and saw the, um, to go to a live uh, performance of the moth. They were oh. doing um, an LA um, slam. Oh, wow. And I'm a huge podcaster and I'm listening to yours now too. Nice. And um, the moth is one of those that I go to sleep with a lot. Oh, and on, yeah. so, yeah, I signed up for this moth or, or we went down, bought tickets and I put my, uh, my name in the hat yes. and I, well, there were 250 people there that night. It was oh a packed venue. This is pre COVID by the way. Uh-huh. Sure. And, yeah. They, um, I, you know, after I'm looking around going, okay, 250 people at least here. So I'm not getting on stage. Oh yeah. I was on stage. Yeah. And so yeah, I, um, I couldn't feel my face. Um, and I'm in a wheelchair. So, you know, that's a whole other level of, um, you know, kind of self, um, awareness and nervousness and everything. And mm-hmm. on top of all of it, they didn't have a lift or a ramp or anything to get up on stage. Oh goodness. And these guys, yeah, these guys are like, oh yeah, we're just going to lift you up there. I'm like, the hell you are. <laughs> you are not lifting me up there. So I can see that there were, there were steps to the right of the stage, kind of not very visible from the audience, but it was still going to be visible, but I'm missing both legs below knee. So I'm used to those moments where you just got to suck it up and, and mm. just do it. And I kind of figured that would give me like, I'd hit bottom already. <laughs> so whatever I did on stage, you know, couldn't be that bad. Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, cause it's a humiliation kind of thing when you yeah. have to, 
you know, get down on your knees and go up the stairs or whatever. Or mm -hmm. I could have been risen like the, you know, princess of Sheba, which in <laughs> retrospect, I probably should have. <laughs> But I chose just to, you know, hop up in my chair. That kind of gave me that control and I wasn't yeah. going to be dropped. Um, anyway, I, I did it. I survived it. Um, out of 10 people, I came in number seven, which I thought that was a solid nice. seven. I don't even yeah. care if there are any pity votes in there. Do not care. I came in seven. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'm what I was your topic? Either. What was it? Was it? A, those are, are you, they're usually themes and stuff. Yeah. Right? So okay. Was... So it was, um, it was right before Christmas of, um, uh, 2020 or uh, 2019. God, we lost a whole year there. Yeah. Um, it was, um, it was about, uh, the holidays, something about the holidays. So mm -hmm. I told a story about my, my grandpa and rinkdom ditty. <laughs> so what, what's what Rinkdom Diddy? Yep. Yeah. I feel like so we're gonna need to know what that is. <laughs> I think I know. I, I I said it, so it has to be explained. Well, yep. I I grew up thinking that maybe it was just a fictitious word that my grandfather had invented that um just to torture us at Christmas, but it turns out it's an actual recipe. Ooh. And um I know it's an English thing. And so what it is, in e if you go to England, it, it's a, a melted cheese on a bread um, or crackers and, and you eat this. Well, grandpa okay. had, I don't know, somewhere along the, the line, he had decided Velveeta would be a good idea. And um, <laughs> I, so Velveeta has a fluidity um, mm -hmm. open space of about a minute and a half if, if you're <laughs> yeah. lucky right where it's still you know liquidy yeah and then um if you put it on top of crackers which grandpa did um it it shortens that life to about um a good 70 seconds you know mm -hmm. you're, you've got 70 seconds from the time it hits the plate to your mouth before it just grows bigger and bigger and you can't get rid of it and so <laughs> The thing is, my grandparents insisted on everybody gets their plate before anybody eats. And, oh, and so dear. we had to consume this paste um, that was on top of crackers before we could get to the, the wonderful food that awaited us. And so after their dog died, it was a little harder to get rid of it. And so um, oh, we no. <laughs> had to actually eat it. And so I, I don't know. It was just a whole thing. And my grandpa, he would have already started drinking at noon. And so by the time dinner came around, you didn't do anything to piss grandpa off. And so you were forced to eat the rinkdom ditty. Oh man. So that was my story. That's about, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of which, I feel like there was something I'm like looking on, I was reading through your website. I think it'd be fun to transition here with the food. I don't know. Food. Is there somehow a root in there of the, the cheese, the not is I oh, the cheese situation somehow <laughs> to fruition? Because I know I saw something on here about your something about the cheese that goes over uh potatoes oh, and raclette. Bread, yeah raclette is which uh, is a german uh, uh, that stays li liquidy yeah but you're horrible. doing it right there at the table so you have full <laughs> control over that cheese nice. <laughs> whether or not it's fluid and it gets in your mouth oh. um yeah i know it's so funny but food has been a thread throughout my life 
you know, mm -hmm. of um, cooking with my grandparents and my other grandma, she didn't really cook, but we had a lot of Jewish foods from her side of the family. And so a lot of Manischewitz uh, prepared boxes of things. And then my other grandparents say everything was scratch. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I learned how to do everything, um, you know, from uh, making pastries to breads to, you know, smoking meats and everything in between. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been such a wonderful um, legacy that they gave me, you know, and then my parents, they kind of picked up the ball after my grandparents were gone and, and just really expanded, you know, their cooking. And um, what would happen is our family, everything was about food. And um, throughout my life, that was a commonality and art was a commonality through my life. And so right now I'm actually working on a book um, that is about my medical struggles, um, you know, being raised in an alcoholic family and, you know, mm. some of those um, really huge hurdles that I've overcome over the years mm -hmm. and reinvented myself several times. Mm -hmm. And this kind of metamorphosis, I like to say that I've been under, you know, for the last two and a half years, yeah. you know, getting into meditation and yoga and, and really finding me and, yeah. um, you know, embracing that little girl that I lost so many years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, gosh, it's just been so great. So the book, I thought I needed to have two different books. I thought I needed to have a recipe book and mm. then I needed to have a book about, you know, my struggles. Like a memoir. And, yeah. And then I thought, I, I realized one day I was, I was listening to some people about book editing and, and uh, some of their, uh, the publishers and realized, oh my God, this is one book. This is taking my art and my, my food experiences and threading them through this whole book. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be laced with, you know, the memories and, and recipes that I have from all different parts of my life, um, mm -hmm. my art projects, you know, and everything in between. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just so excited to um, live that through writing it. You know, yeah. just to be able to, it's going to be so therapeutic too. Oh, no doubt. Oh, I can't wait to, to read it, to hear more. So which, which came first? You've got your, your business. The website is talkofthetablecompany.com and it's got recipes. It has lots of fun energy. I know you're working on um, some things in that realm with, uh, so I want to talk about like, what does that mean? It's like the, the, the table grilling and that kind of fun gathering place um, and then the book is kind of all happening. Like what were they all sort of happening at once or is one kind of feeding into the other? And obviously it all is in the same vein. Um, yeah. what has kind of the journey been, and I would love to hear, uh, more about like the inspiration of talk of the table and where, what you do with that and, and how people can get involved and all that good stuff. Okay. So what happened was I, I got married in 2000. I moved to Germany. I was, you know, one of these transitional times in my life where I went, no, I'm going to change up my life. You know, I, mm -hmm. I met somebody and then we fell in love and, and <clears throat> ended up in Germany. And so we ended up um, having two children. And so I already had a son. And so we, then we had, you know, our three children and uh, I did a lot of entertaining. The family was huge. You know, any event you had, you had 20 plus people. 
And so it wasn't like you could have dinner for four. It was always just this huge spread. Mm -hmm. So I started doing more entertaining. And um, one of the things that we learned to do there was called raclette. And they would do it usually um, days that was um, more festive things like New Year's Eve or, you know, some of those special occasions. And when um, in 2007, uh, I had lost my other leg uh, about a year and a half before that. And in 2007, I decided I need to be somewhere where I can do everything myself. And in Germany, mm. it wasn't possible because there's so many places that, you know, are not accessible. And, um, you know, even in our village that we lived in, I couldn't get into the school by myself. You know, it was just such a, I didn't feel whole there. Mm. And I knew in the States, you know, how much freedom I had. I would often come with the children and uh, spend time. So I, I knew that everything, you know, all that I was able to do. So we decided, let's just do that. And uh, so we came back to the States and my husband ended up taking a job in California and I was in Arizona with the kids. Um, it was supposed to be temporary, it ended up, um, well, he's still working there. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was from 09 till today. Mm -hmm. And I ended up with the kids alone a lot. And I thought, what are some fun things? You know, we could do at dinner time. And I decided one day I went, why couldn't we just take a pancake griddle, put it in the middle of the table and cook together? Because they were both at the ages where, you know, they were really interested in, in starting to cook and, and doing uh -huh. things. And um, we started doing that and we called it table grilling. And okay. then we started inviting friends over to do it. And then friends, it just grew. I mean, we would have parties with four um, grills going and uh -huh. um, tons of food. And it just became such a wonderful social thing that um, my friends said, why aren't you making a business around this? At first I thought, well, okay, I could have a little kit, you know, with the smaller spatulas and, you know, and so one of our, our friends, um, they had come to dinner and they said uh, that he is in product development. Mm. And there, there was a, the problem right there. He mm -hmm. said, you're thinking too small. And I went, oh no, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so naive about this. He goes, think about it, Christy. What else could you put with this? And I said, well, you know, I, I would love to make some spices and, and maybe, you know, a line of sauces. And, um, you know, of course you could have all the, the cool table decor and, and, right. and, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then it was well, why can't I just partner with a, a uh, grill manufacturer and have, you know, co-branded grills? And why can't I uh, partner with a meal kit delivery service Ooh, and then get yeah. all of the things right? So sure. it just kept getting bigger and bigger. So where I'm at now, because we live in the age of social media, mm -hmm. um, that you have to establish yourself as a brand. Yeah that it's one of those things where you um, don't have a choice. You have to get the followers and then they'll listen to you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in that process right now of, um, you know, working with one of the girl manufacturers. They're all so slow to go, you know, Christy, you need this many followers. You need this, you need that. But mm -hmm. they all agree that it's just a, a fabulous, fantastic thing. Mm -hmm. So um, a few weeks ago, I just... I got tired of having everything in the hands of somebody else. 
Yeah. Like I felt like I didn't have any control over when or how mm. I was going to get this finally to market. Um, I had been pressured by a lot of people to get a cookbook done, but I felt like until I had a product line, the cookbook was, you know, not something anyone's going to want. Mm. So that's when I started really digging deeper in myself and um, deciding what I needed to do was use um, a use my superpowers, you know, and use my superpowers, use those things that I have um, basically built over the years, mm -hmm. over, you know, using my um, resilience to get through um, lung cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I've survived scleroderma. That's how I lost my legs. Um, I, I nearly died when my uh, son was a baby. Um, I started bleeding in my foot overnight. And uh, mm -hmm. if he had not woken in the night, um, I never would have woken. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there were just so many things in my life that I've overcome and um, not just to survive, but mm -hmm. to thrive, you mm -hmm. know, and that has been my whole thing. That's why um, losing my legs um, was actually my choice because I didn't want to um, be on painkillers and have this endless cycle of surgeries and hospitalizations. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted my life to be whole again. Mm -hmm. And the only way I was going to be able to get my life to be whole again was to not have the pain. And mm -hmm. so that was what led to the amputations. And so I decided, okay, why can't you? Why can't you take all of these things and, you know, bring it up to the moment that we're at now. And um, I've been working really hard on um, manifestation um, mm. meditations, right? Mm. And the power of those is unreal. And um, over the past two months, things have been flying my way. Awesome. Um, it, I've been featured um, in the March issue of Food and Beverage Magazine. Oh, wow. And um, I'm getting ready. Well, actually, the April issue will have a thing on me as well. Not paid. They, they've they uh, done these pieces on me. And oh, my gosh, you know, they have 14 million um, subscribers. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's it is super totally awesome. Cool. Yeah. So it, things are coming, you know, and I, I just realized, wow, I need to take this into my own hands. You know, yeah. part of that manifestation, you know, all these opportunities have come as well as the enlightenment of this is what I need to do yeah. and feeling so solid in it. I, I mean, it's crazy when you are so sure that this is what you should be doing mm -hmm. and um, the rest of it will come, you know? Yep. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> you do have quite a fascinating story. It's always just remarkable to me to meet people and, and your presence. Okay. We're talking for those of you out there listening. Well, I don't know, I guess in podcast world, the clubhouse a little to me feels like live podcasting a bit. Uh, but for those of you out there in podcast land, if you have not used clubhouse before, it's just audio, it's just people talking. And I was just blown away by your enthusiasm and energy. And I could just sense like your zest for life in this like short exchange that we had, um, however many, I don't remember what it was weeks ago. Like, but I remember as soon yeah. as we were done, I like tracked you, tried to track you down like 
nearly immediately. And I think we'd already found each other somehow on Instagram fairly quickly, but it's just really remarkable that sometimes those people like you who just, there's a light shining, even when it's audio, you know, (laughs) and, and people will start gravitating towards that and to recognize that there's probably been some kind of journey or whatever to form, you know, sometimes the most amazing and resilient people and perspectives. And uh, you're, I had no idea exactly what we would even get into, but looking through some of the things that you've been building, I just, I think it's truly amazing. And I'm glad I followed my just like little hunch to be like, I was like, I don't know she'd want to be on my podcast. I just knew there was something about you that I wanted to share with people. And you just have um, so much to offer and such like a pleasant um, approach to everything. And you're not like giving up on stuff. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just rambling because I'm like, here's here's a little story. Yeah. (laughs) No, here's a story that just, it, it, it will kind of encapsulate that for you. So when my um, oldest son, I had him when I was 22, I was a single mom. We were living in an apartment. I think he was maybe about four years old, heat of the day. We lived in Kansas. We're walking across the hot, the the hot asphalt of the um, parking lot. And there was this frog that had been run over and was dried up, flatter than flat. And all of his limbs were so perfectly symmetrical. His little arms were out the front, just like he's raising his arms in defeat, his legs in the back, you know, perfectly symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time I was going through a lot of surgeries. And I looked down at that frog and I went, oh, hell no, I'll never be that frog. (laughs) When I go, if any of this crap gets me, there's going to be some sign of struggle. I will, (laughs) I will have like the stupidest look on my face. There will be scratches. There's going to be, you know, like chaos going on. There was a fight that happened before I was smashed. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, mm-hmm. I hear it is 30 years later. I mean, my son yeah. literally will be 34 years old next month. Wow. And I realized that is not going to be me ever. Yeah. Well, and it really is pretty amazing that the passion that you have for sharing yummy recipes and creating a gathering place where people can come together. I mean, what better time to share stories and be joyful about the adventure of life than around the table and to have it so interactive and welcoming. It's like all the things in a way that will fill people's bellies and fill people's souls all, all at the same time. So I think it's an amazing idea. I can't wait to learn more. I was just talking to my boyfriend the other day about uh, we were having these really good shrimp tacos. And I was like, I've never even thought about it. I'm like, I bet there's a good way to make shrimp tacos at home. Oh my and gosh, you have a recipe that I'm like, going to try is. today. It's I'm like, going best. to the grocery store. It is like, the Dang. best free tacos. Yeah. Oh, we make yeah. them right there at the grill. And so you can, you know, not only, you know, you're going to have delicious food because it's coming straight off the grill in front of you. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you get that whole sense um experience right sensory experience where you're you're smelling and you're doing it and you know you're yeah. learning you're learning new techniques and yeah. uh, it's just so empowering and fun and delicious and yeah. so yeah I, I really it's all about filling people's cups 
Absolutely. And you very much embodied that too, just with your story from uh, being able to present for the moth experience, like taking the maybe more challenging yet certain route of being empowered to make make those choices and have control. So much of what happens in our lives can make it feel like it's out of our hands and any way that we can possibly use our, our own thoughts and our own appendages to create things, uh, the better just to, there's so much to that. Um, it's kind of like leaning into it rather than fighting it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah. you know, when I was sick and everything, it wasn't like I, I just fought in the other against it or whatever. I, I went through it. I, I managed it. And I think by leaning into some of these things, uh, you, you empower yourself to have control over your situation, mm. right? Yeah. And you're not in denial. You're not, you know, in doing all those negative things that, that um, kind of come against you when you're trying to um, get, reach those goals. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of been my whole mindset, you I know, and I, there are days where, you know, they're definitely your reserve and everything is completely tapped and, mm-hmm. and you're grumpy and, and, um, self-defeating and, you know, things like that. But I just, I work so hard, you know, to get to a place where joy is the norm mm-hmm. and, you know, waking up happy and waking up um, you know, excited that it's another day. Yeah. And so that's the difference I think between, you know, thriving and just maintaining. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Such a good way to, uh, pull it all here into a pretty little package. So thank you so much for taking time to interview with me. Um, I will make sure and put all of your handles and places where people can find you. Christy Hohen, amazing storyteller. I can't wait to read the book to try your recipes. Um, it's such a wonderful thing to just stumble upon people um, as we're out and about doing our things. So if nothing else, this is a reminder to me and maybe to those of you out there listening to like really make sure that when we're present in the moment and watching for the opportunities to let other people be an influence for joy and goodness in our lives. Because I know that that was something that really stood out for me uh, in a moment where I, I was just doing my little improv thing in my world. And um, I think that that luckily keeps my mind open to wanting to find like-minded people and just keep absorbing other people's journeys and stories and, um, and helping to spread the word of all the awesome things other people are doing out there. So thank you for everyone listening in. Christy, it was so awesome to have you on board. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Megan. What a joy it was. I hope you enjoyed listening in with today's episode with my special guest, Christy Hohen. You can follow her on Instagram at Talk of the Table Company or at tablegrilling.com. Also, if you've been enjoying this podcast, I would super duper love a little bit of kindness in the way of a positive review on whatever platform that you use. Ba-ba-ba-zwee! Thank you for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. If you'd like to stay connected to me in other ways, you can find me on most social media platforms at Megan or at my website, meganmccaleb.com. 
And remember, you don't have to be a big deal to do big things.